I think the thing that holds a lot of us back is that fear of putting ourselves out on social media and that we have to have a big following to be successful. And that's just not true. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, it's Emily Reagan. Welcome to the show. This podcast is for virtual assistants, digital marketing assistants, and people who are interested in getting their foot in the door. And what I wanted to talk about today is something that holds a lot of us back, and it did for me for a while as well. So here's my story in case you don't know it real quick. I've been freelancing in this space since about 2009 when I took on a retainer client and my son was born and we moved and then my business exploded from there. Granted, the market was different back then than it is now, but I see a lot of people getting stuck for the same reasons. Since I started my business, like Facebook is a different monster, Instagram is new, TikTok is new, like there's a lot of things changing. And as someone who is totally happy being behind the scenes, having to be the face of my business is a little bit intimidating. And here's the thing about a lot of us freelancers. We are intrapreneurs. We are totally happy behind the scenes doing the work. We don't need the limelight. We love supporting small business owners. And this was me forever. My degree is in journalism. I actually did broadcast journalism in electronic media. I really loved building some websites and playing with Flash back in 2003. Things were a little different, a little old school. We had zip disk. And yes, if you're trying to do the math, I just turned 41. But I always knew I wanted to be behind the scenes. Like I didn't enjoy having the spotlight on me. I'm pretty much an introvert who has learned to be an extrovert. As a military child, I've had to adapt and do that. And that's totally fine with me. I just definitely recharge being by myself, especially the more children I have. But I always knew that I didn't need the spotlight. And I think some of that also comes from being a twin. Like, I'm used to sharing everything. I don't need attention. I've never been, I don't know, there's certain situations where I like to make people laugh and I don't mind stepping up into that role. But for the most part, like, I have these wallflower tendencies. I'm very much an observer. And the same was true in my degree. I didn't want to be in front of the camera. There's a lot of girls who were in my class. I say girls as mainly women who wanted to be reporters And they were doing in front of the camera work. And I wanted to be the news producer. I wanted to tell people what to do. And I learned the hard way that just TV news was not for me. And for many, many reasons that I don't need to talk about here on this podcast, but the lifestyle, uh, hunting people down for bad news, like all of that just wasn't a good fit. But I've always had this like happiness behind the scenes, like making things happen, you know, producing those tangible results, thinking strategically, thinking creatively and having a plan. So when I talk to other service providers in this space, they love being on teams because they enjoy helping. They love aligning themselves with a creative business owner, a visionary, and helping complement them by being the person who gets the work done. And it's a mix between the integrator and the implementer. You hear a lot of these words if you read that book, Rocket Fuel, which I have mentioned a lot in this podcast and I'll link to in the show notes. But it's really fun because as people join my Facebook group, I collect, which you guys should be doing, you know, for your clients. 
I collect the reasons for wanting to work online as a digital marketing service provider. And let me just read a couple of these off to you because I think you'll hear it. I'd like to help others and utilize my skills to capitalize on my experience. I love supporting retail entrepreneurs at various stages. I love helping people and I need to find a way to make money at it. I want to find a purposeful career that can enhance my skills and help others prosper in their businesses. I want to be myself and help people while being creative. I've always enjoyed supporting my friends' businesses in whatever capacity they needed. I'm already a VA, and I love to help my clients achieve the freedom they thought they were going to get when they started their business, and I like being the fixer. Maybe you see yourself in that. Even if you're not like an Enneagram 2 personality, there can be so much joy and purpose in our behind-the-scenes work when we're helping that business visionary achieve their goals to be a part of a team, to get things done, you know, to have something outside of our children, our marriage, our housework, the daily grind. For me, it totally lights me up. And you can see that there's a lot of people who feel the same. We are slightly more introverted. We're totally happy being the entrepreneur as opposed to the entrepreneur. There's a lot of very famous entrepreneurs who were the brains of the operation Look at Roy Disney. He was a master at building that Disney empire and complimented his brother, Walt Disney, who was the figurehead and face of it. Now, a lot of us don't want to be the figurehead of our business because we just don't like oversharing on social, posting selfies in general. Can I get an amen? I don't look good with duck lips. I just don't do that. I forget to take selfies all the time. I feel awkward taking them and self-conscious. And we also don't want to stress about our follower count and feel like this pressure that social media brings. I mean, I think this newer generation really feels that. I think my generation being a little xennial, you know, halfway between millennial and Gen X, like we kind of enjoy the tech and we can set it down a little bit. But the newness has worn off. And it's not that we lack drive or ambition that we don't want to show our face. Like we know better. We know it builds the no like and trust factor. It's just asking a lot, especially if we're private, especially if we're introverted or we're just getting started and we're kind of unclear about where we're going with our business, our messaging and our end game. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff to uncover there when it comes to it. And I know you've heard me say this before, our best clients are the ones who are willing to put their face out there, right? And we still have to do this for our own business. And I get it because I don't enjoy it. I've had to do that for my business and step out into this new limelight spotlight in order to bring focus on the impact I'm creating with other women who are starting their business. And it's taken a lot of guts for me to put myself out there. I have shared this story and even Amy Porterfield repeated it on one of her webinars where my very first Facebook Live I had a drink of wine and I put on a face mask and I went live from a hotel room announcing my business idea. (laughs) And it was like the scariest thing ever to have to do a Facebook Live. But here's the thing. We learn, we adopt, and we get better. I was perfectly happy behind the scenes for my clients for like a good decade. I didn't even start my Facebook page until that night with that glass of wine and that face mask. That was in summer of 2018. I didn't even start my Instagram until 2019. Somewhere in between there, I built a website. Like I was late to the party and partly because I didn't need to. I was booked out. I didn't need to have this social media presence. And I also didn't want to. You know, I was doing the client work. I'd rather like bill the hours. So it was perfectly okay for you to be doing the same, but the landscape has changed. 
I love social media for connecting with my friends as a military child and a military spouse. That's how I stay in touch with everybody. I've always used it since back in the days of AOL IMing, and I just stay connected that way. I'm like totally cool with that. But sometimes for business, social media just becomes this drudgery, this have to. The goal of this podcast is to get your clients talking about you and sharing your name, and there are several ways to do this dot, 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 without social media. But before I go on, I have to address a little bit of these fears about social, and I have to kind of give you some conflicting advice and tell you, you should just start now. You've heard that proverb, maybe you haven't, that Chinese proverb about the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, right? The second best time is today, right now, in this moment. So I'm not saying you have to post on social every day, Get a basic Instagram account up, use it as a resume landing page. You never have to post on it. Just get the bare bones, like 12 posts on there and like leave it alone and have it point to your book a call page, right? It's okay. It's fine not to be posting on social media. I remember when Twitter first came out and I was working in my last full-time PR job in Oklahoma City and all of the public relations professionals were on Twitter all day long. And I couldn't help but second guess if they were really working. And I get it. I totally get how Twitter is a tool to connect media and corporations, broadcast communications and all of that. But I was like, get a life. And I'm kind of doing that right now with people on Reels who are posting Reels every day. I'm wondering if they're actually working. And I also know clients who don't want to hire someone who's Insta-famous it kind of makes them question your your loyalty. Like, am I just a stepping stone? Or are you going to be with me long term? If you're just too busy trying to build this bigger business, are you just going to ditch me the first chance you get? And I've seen it happen. I've seen the fear hold people back from hiring. And I've seen the freelancer who had bigger dreams go off to do something else because they were building a bigger business over on social. I think a lot of clients are not hiring when they see like a VA who has that many followers because we all know with that audience they're going to branch off and do something else. Okay, here's the thing. You still need to grow your credibility, build your authority, and position your business for the future. I don't know. Maybe you do want to be there. Maybe you will have an audience and multiple streams of revenue. Like, you know this. You're doing it for your clients, so why not do it for yourself? You just never know. Okay, so always do social media light, but it doesn't mean it has to be your main focus. It doesn't mean you have to post reels every day or get caught up in any of that vanity metrics about who's following you and who's not following you in the numbers, okay? So please don't take this podcast episode as permission not to do social, but let it be permission for it to not be your focus or your source of stress and contention, okay? So before I dive in, there's a couple more episodes you may want to listen to if you're looking for clients from scratch and you're brand new. You can go back to episode 29, How to Get Started from Nothing in Your Freelance Business, And episode seven, where do I find virtual assistant clients? Those are some really good tips. It will give you a really good starting place. Now, this episode is how to get clients without having to do social media. I actually see social media as more of a peer networking tool. Unless you spend a lot of time in there and doing all these engagement tactics and following tactics and whatever, it's hard to, I mean, hashtags will help you, blah, blah, blah. All this marketing strategy will help you. But I like to see Instagram, especially even Facebook, as a way to build my peer network laterally so at least my peers know about me and can bring referrals in, right? But today I want to talk to you about how you go about getting clients without having to do that hamster wheel of social media, right? 
All right, let's dive in. Number one is marketing 101. You need to tell people what you do. Always, always start with your inner circle. If you listen to last week's episode with Brittany Barber, she even said it's true. She's like, Emily knows what she's talking about. You say often, start talking to the people around you about what you want to do. And I remembered a good friend of mine in LA and I reached out to her, but she said, are you kidding me? I need a virtual assistant. You have to be on my team. Emily totally knows her stuff because I'm doing what she's saying and it's totally working. That's exactly what she did. She started with her inner circle. And the reason you do this is because everybody knows a business owner friend. And when you say the magical words like SEO, social media marketing, email marketing, digital marketing, copywriting, everybody's ears will perk up and they'll know someone who needs your help. And if they don't, you'll be planting a seed for when they do meet somebody. Your friends, family, and inner circle will always be your best champions because they know you. And it can be super embarrassing to announce your new business on a Christmas card, right? To announce it on social media, but you will need to at least talk about it. Text, email, you could put it in your personal Facebook page. Have a conversation though. Explain what you're doing. Sometimes people need the context because this world is just new enough. You know what I say all the time, virtual assistant VA is so loosey-goosey, it could mean anything to anyone. Give context about what are those core tasks and services that you offer. Talking about it will open doors. I promise you. There's so many entrepreneurial people out there. And if it's not your first ring of your inner circle, it's that second ring. And when you talk, when you make the ask, that clear call to action, you will get the rewards. So Marketing 101, tell your inner circle about it. Okay, let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself. It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists, who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and -and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. Okay, number two. The best way to not have to market yourself is to build reoccurring retainer clients. Go back and listen to episode 46 about freelance business models. You'll learn a lot there, but retainer clients are guaranteed, especially if they're signing six-month contracts. They can help you get off that roller coaster that if you're offering project work or VIP days that freelancers have to struggle with, like where's the next client coming from? And you can have a solid base income. You can take on projects that supplement your earnings, like when you want, 
on top of those retainer clients. And the reason I love retainer clients is because you just develop that longevity and that loyalty with them. And your retainer clients start referring you. Good clients will talk about you. They'll mention you. They'll give you credit. They'll want to tell people why their business is successful, why they're hitting their KPIs. But you don't necessarily, you don't want to sit back and wait for somebody to hype you up. You have to ask for these referrals. You have to say, look, hey, I have 10 extra hours I need to fill this week. Do you know another business owner who could use me? Ask them on email. Ask them in a DM. Also, put it in your email signature. So every time you email someone, it's top of mind. Ask your good retainer clients to post you in their group, include you in a resource. For a long time there, I was in Jennifer Allwood's resource for VAs, and that really helped. People can't read your mind. You have to ask them and tell them what would help you. And that can be a little bit uncomfortable, but it's less uncomfortable than posting a selfie, right? (laughs) And your clients want to see you have a successful business. They'll do anything in their power to make sure you're hitting the numbers you need to be able to keep doing work with them. They want to keep you on their team. They will help. So this other phenomena happens when you become their teammate and you get recognized from that like outside world perspective, you start networking with their people. And you better believe every time I worked with someone on Jennifer Allwood's team who, if I haven't told you, I was with her for six years. She's a successful creative business coach and furniture painter. Every time I worked with someone on her team kind of outside our normal limits, like maybe it was the book publisher, maybe it was another contractor, fellow contractor, you better believe I added them to LinkedIn. I've been doing that since my last PR jobs. It's just what I do. Those connections pay off because they can refer me. They might even hire me. But usually it's a six degrees of Kevin Bacon type of thing. One person knows you and refers you. It might not be like an immediate direct hire, right? One of my students, Natasha, who you'll hear in an upcoming episode, she was on a team and not a huge team or anything, but this client worked with some big wigs. So she got to work with Jack Canfield's team, who's the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, all of those. He's an American author. I know you've heard of those books. So her work put her in those networks where she's connecting with their team, connecting with Jack, connecting with other NFL players who were working with her client and motivational speakers. So you better believe she's building out her network and her work ethic speaks for itself. She's already been swooped in with a second client that way. It lets her grow her network. And she's not doing this in a schmoozy way. I need to like caveat with that, right? It happens naturally when you're, you have a good work ethic, when you have that growth mindset and people are impressed. But you have to let them know as well at some point, hey, looking for more clients. So of course, that's going to be in her like general signature for her email address unless she's emailing from the client. Like don't cross that boundary. But do you follow what's happening here? You are looking for ways to expand your network laterally with your peers and vertically with potential clients, right? Networking with other behind the scenes pros will really help you as well. You know another VA, you know another OBM, you know another director of operations. They need to know you and they can refer you. And hello, this is why we have the digital marketing work group, right? This is why I have my membership. But it happens every day and you're just not seeing that potential. And this all happens from one single retainer client. Okay, number three, how to get clients without social media 
you want to really impress your new clients. So not only like looking into their networks, but create an amazing onboarding experience so they are so freaking impressed. That can be the difference maker from a freelancer who just shows up, waits to be told what to do, and somebody who shows up as a business owner, an expert, someone who takes charge. That can be the difference maker for who people want to hire and who people actually trust. When you have an amazing onboarding experience that really welcomes somebody, extracts the things you need to get your work done, when you have like a systematic intake form, it's so impressive that people know you are going to do good work. It's just setting the stage. And the reason I bring up this onboarding experience and why this matters is inside, you're starting to bake this referral process, right? I actually do this in my own offboarding when I wrap up a quiz client. I'll build quiz marketing funnels. And at the very end, I'll put together this whole map of their funnel. I'll send a quick loom video and it always blows their mind because I go above and beyond. I over deliver. There's an opportunity to ask for the testimonial and the referral right there in the video right there in that offboarding email. I'm not going to do it too early. I'm not going to do it before the work is done with a project, right? But I could say something like, do you know three business friends who could use this type of help with their marketing funnels? I can put them on the spot to share a name and an email. Like, hey, would you help me out? Catch them when they're on the high of getting their new shiny project, right? They're feeling really happy. They're feeling really good. Catch them on that high and put them on the spot to share a name and an email or even connect you. I see this a lot in the podcast world when people are like, hey, do you know any good podcasts for me? The best thing is when a podcast guest says that to me afterward. Well, do you have any other recommendations for other ones? It doesn't have to be smarmy and feel gross and salesy because you would do the same for them, right? You would hook them up. If you had a friend who did Facebook ads and somebody was asking for Facebook ads, of course you're going to connect them. This is how I've grown my entire business, ladies and gentlemen. But that onboarding experience has opportunities for you to do that too. But before you do the ask and make it you know, too soon... Just have an exceptional onboarding experience where people are so impressed with you that they want to refer you because they know, they know you can be trusted with other work from their friends. Number four, don't underestimate in-person connections. Okay, I talked about telling your friends and family, but I highly recommend you network with your local business owners and you get involved in community events like your chamber. Start building your professional network locally too. There's so much power in attending these events. And think bigger too when it comes to conferences and other events. If it's locally, awesome, easy, but you could also put your sights on something big like ConvertKit's conference in Boise, Idaho. I don't know, Kajabi's conference out in LA. Getting a chance to stand up and introduce yourself, say what you do, ask a question that's very insightful and relevant, catches people's ears, is a 60-second PSA for your business right? Public service announcement for your business. It's free advertising. People are paying attention and listening and taking note of what you do. That's why working on your elevator pitch is so important. So these conferences can be gold, gold, gold at marketing yourself without having to do social media. And here's a hint. A lot of people have paper business cards, but most people have a digital business card. A lot of people are connecting on Instagram. So I can't promise you no social media ever. (laughs) And FYI, there's a little QR code on your Instagram account. 
If you just hit the hamburger, the three lines, when you're in your Instagram profile, there's a QR code. You just click on that, and then someone can scan it and just connect with you right there. So yeah, that's a little check next time you go to something in person and you don't have business cards yet because you're new. And don't feel like you have to rush out and print them. I mean, there's ways to connect digitally like that or have like a Canva link business card. But just remember, there can be so much work on your local business owners. You're not just connecting online and trying to build that network. Start where it's easier, and that can be low-hanging fruit. When your work is good and you're operating at a high professional, knowledgeable level, everybody will start referring you. And that's the goal. That's how to really promote yourself without feeling like you have to post on social media every day or dance on reels or whatever. So how do you get to that point, right? You're like, oh, great. Well, how do I get to that point? That's why I created the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School to give you those implementation skills that will blow your clients away. And other VA courses out there, they'll teach you the how. They'll take all of your money, four figures of it, and teach you how to set up your business. But my signature course teaches you the mechanics. It teaches you the steps of how to do the digital marketing work and gives you solid foundations in digital marketing strategies so you can apply it and do the work for clients in a customized, personal way and stand out, of course. And I promise you as a unicorn digital marketing assistant, you will be able to book your dream clients because you will have that rare skill set that every business owner needs online and in person. It puts you in such a powerful position to pick and choose your clients and align with the clients for long-term growth, like those that you want to take on as retainers. It could put you in a position to do project work as well if you get really specialized and good at that thing. So the good news is this course opens again in March, and I have an all-new workshop on March 9th details to come, and that will help you with those first steps in booking out ideal clients. So look out for that. Make sure you're on my email list and keep listening to the podcast because I'll tell you more. Here's the big, big thing. When you're good at the work and that confidence is just shining through and you're getting clients under your belt and you're just racking up the experience, that's when the clients are referring you. So how do you get to there? You learn how to do the work. You learn those foundations. So check out the show notes. You're going to find a list for all of these podcasts I mentioned, especially if you're starting new to go back and listen to and pay attention for that workshop. You don't have to be Insta famous to get the work. I was not Instagram famous. Guys, I don't even have 2,000 followers on Instagram yet. I get close. Like I add a few and then I lose more. I post something and then I lose more. (laughs) You do not have to be on that social media roller coaster. You can absolutely book out with a good reputation. How can you do that faster? All the things I talked about here, getting the right first client, getting the retainer client, telling people what you do, and you don't have to be on social media. You could have a website, you could max out your SEO, and that's a little bit slower of a game. That's not something we're talking about today. However, you can join me next week when we'll talk about things you don't actually need to launch your business. And I'll give you a hint, a big Instagram following is not on that list, and a website is not on that list. So stay tuned. We'll chat more next week. If you found this podcast helpful, inspiring, I would love to hear from you. Your ratings, reviews, and subscribing to the podcast help me tremendously, and I just love to know that this is impacting you. Every single review I read, I take to heart, and it means so much to me, so thank you, thank you. I'll see you next week.
if you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. Oh, my phone just went off when I did that. And that's probably good timing. But the goal of social... Caught up in any of that vanity matrix. I mean... <laughs> Vanity metrics, six degrees of bacon. <laughs> it's just, usually it's a six degrees of Kevin Bacon type of thing. Laterally and vertically. And lat- laterally, 